everybody, welcome to Low Code Approach. Today I am joined with Angeliki Patsyavu, a change management consultant and specialist and a speaker well known amongst the Power Platform community and very excited to have you here, Angeliki. So uh, I know our, our topic is about change management. I'm really excited to get into it. So I'm going to ask the most basic question. What is change management? Well, Sean, first of all, thanks so much for having me. Super excited to be here. And you know what? That's a really good question. Starting with the basics is so important. Change management is simply put about the people side of change. We are here to help businesses, users, you name it, transition through a transformation program of any kind, all the way from awareness to a smooth BAU state where they're happy and they're able to use some kind of new technology, system, and so forth. So it, it's a huge topic, right? Like you, you see it everywhere. You see, I don't want to say buzzword, but you see it, you know, in, in many, many articles coming up in there. And I'm wondering when you talk to people and, and kind of go over the importance of, of change management, are there any misconceptions that kind of like, you know, you, you have to knock down those barriers when you have this conversation and say, hey, this is a safe space. This is okay. Change management is good. Absolutely. And I'm really glad you mentioned this because unfortunately, this is something that is very much common in the industry in various uh, conversations. And to begin with, it's about the fact that when you think about change management, a lot of people say it's just comms and training. We unfortunately sometimes are seen as an afterthought in project management and something that comes probably around the time of implementation or even the last milestone before delivery. And as you can imagine, if you have this massive mission of helping people and all sorts of communities transition through change, this provides you with a very limited time to do such a big task. So it's a shame from one hand. And on the other hand, it misses a massive opportunity, which is true transformation. So looking at, for example, when you have a new solution, a new app, whatnot, it's not just about getting the license sorted. It's about driving true adoption true transformation, and really enabling your end users to make something different out of it. So this is definitely one of the misconceptions, but also where the real opportunity currently lies in the market. So when you're having these conversations about the, the misconceptions, I want to just um, dive a little bit deeper into this. Is it like at what level are do you see the most misunderstanding of change management? Is that the C level? Is that your solution architect level? Is that your maker level that's kind of standoffish with trying to bring on a new technology? Is that the IT admin who has to apply the governance to this uh, and figure out like how does change management fit in our governance strategy? Is there a paradigm shift? Who do you see is the individual that takes the most time to convince? Another good question. I think it starts from pre-sales and people that are ultimately the business leadership that is driving the budget in these conversations. If you don't get into that conversation early on, it's only like a vicious cycle where the rest of the stakeholders involved will have a similar line of thinking. So it, it's definitely across the board, but it does start from pre-sales where you don't necessarily get involved and you have an outline of an idea and you're pitching something that ultimately is not thinking about the end user, how are they going to have enough time to understand and adopt this new technology and who's going to help them in that journey? So it's not necessarily about whom because the misalignment is across most stakeholders, but it's about the timing. And what I found is that's such a crucial question to engage change management at the right time in your project delivery rather than just having that as an afterthought. 
So when is that right time? Thank you for, <laughs> for setting that question up. <laughs> You're most welcome. Well, as you might have um, heard already, it's about pre-sales. So it's all the way to the beginning of the conversation that excited period where you're coming up with this incredible new idea and pitching it. It's all about thinking of not just the new fantastic technology that you're bringing forward, but also what does it mean for the end user? Just like I like to mention in a few of my uh, speaking sessions, it's about are you designing for real users or senior egos? Who are you really designing for? And the sooner you have that question in mind, the sooner you have those conversations about it, the sooner you're essentially engaging change minds because they are your people champions. We have access to end users in the way of networks that maybe the business from the inside doesn't have. So we actually are bringing that fresh perspective and democratizing in a way the flow of information. So it's very important. The earlier you start that on, the earlier you can benefit from such insights and the network itself. So is this a, you know, the, the timing is crucial when you approach change management or when you implement that within in the process. Is this a one size fits all or do you see any variances between projects or organizations where change management is just, you know, continuously addressed, but at different periods where it's more ideal uh, based on, on vertical or, or, or horizontal? That is another fantastic question. And to be honest, just like with many approaches in IT, we have to be adaptive. There's definitely no one size fits all because we are talking about people. And just like with people, you can't have the same approach that applies to the IT delivery process. So for example, it's not just about the size or the budget. These are obvious factors, right? But let's take low-code projects compared to maybe traditional IT delivery of a big CRM implementation, those projects usually take maybe a few weeks or a couple of months to deliver. So actually, you have such a small window of opportunity to begin with that you need to go with a slimmed-down version of change management purely because of the time available for the project overall, but also because you have to be engaged so much earlier as well. So it's about the nature of the project. What are you trying to implement your audience, of course, we bring that know your audience approach into the picture because it truly depends. You might be addressing really technical audiences. You might be addressing total beginners that just want to get on with their day-to-day -day role. So we try to be adaptive because the people element is the most important. Yeah, I know. I completely agree. And in low code, you do have a wide range of audiences that you will be dealing with, working with your, your makers, working with your pro code developers that are maybe offloading some of their development process or POC process onto low code development. Is there a certain audience that you see that you work with more or is it just, you know, you, you're, you're laying out the governance and the strategy or not the governance, but you're laying out the strategy for it and the implementation uh, or for those different audiences? And then like, what are some of the key ways to get buy-in in those different audiences that you work with? So traditionally, because of the way IT delivery was always implemented, it was about those pro developers. But with the movement of citizen development, we see more and more makers having a bigger presence and obviously getting more involved with change management. So I think the paradigm is shifting. However, pro developers are still um, playing a massive role into all of this. And they all need a different treatment when it comes to pro developers, just like big established industries. They're moving potentially from legacy processes and application to something 
much more different. So they need the support of transitioning their mindset and it's a cultural change as well. Makers, on the other hand, tend to be more on the excitement side. They're ready, their creativity wants to be unleashed and they need to be empowered. So in that sense, their treatment is a little bit different. They need the guardrails of governance, but at the same time, they need empowering language. So governance shouldn't be something restricting. It should be adaptive and it should still help them um, towards their creativity and their productivity. So for us, it's about addressing different audiences in a way that is adaptive and the language has to be pairing as well. If you think about it, governance on its own is not something as exciting, right? You don't go buying something new and they're telling you how to govern it. They're telling you how to use it to make the most out of it. So this is what we're here to do. And when it comes to cultural change, it's something so complex uh, yet, so empowering once you get there, that that language shift and um, being able to cater to these different audiences is what we want to bring to the table. So that's, I mean, that's a really good point. In in you're bringing in this huge culture change, and like you said, the the makers uh, maybe have not had the scar tissue of pro code development practices that they have to contend with. And you're right, they're excited, they're creative, and they're able to get into that. But it also offsets the concerns about governance uh, when building those pro-code solutions, if that's handled at the IT admin level. You know, they're setting up the guardrails and the boundaries for you, so you don't have, I mean, you're concerned with it, but you're not gonna break yourself into jail building these solutions if you have that governance strategy put into place. So that's, I mean, really, really good stuff. Like, who's your champion? When you're working in organizations, obviously you need somebody at a higher level to help champion this vision and this movement. Who do you work with to, to build a champion and how do you support them on an ongoing effort? That is a really, really good question. So we have different levels of allies in this and crimes and, and partners in crime. So we have to begin with our sponsors. So we need our leaders to be sponsoring and role modeling transformation. And this is not just about showing up in meetings, signing off budgets and new resources. It's about actively role modeling the importance and the benefits of the project, talking about it, socializing, evangelizing, and truly believing in it by bringing it to life in any way possible. They are first kind of champions, but it's important to call them sponsors rather than that because they are very visible with their leadership presence. So those are our first allies. Then we have what we call in traditional change management, our champions network. These are SMEs, insiders in a way from the various teams that are either impacting by the transformation project or are part of the project team themselves that are essentially peers, well-recognized, well-perceived as experts in the subject of their team and are able to create an allyship with us and the program management team in order to bring transformation to a meaningful state. What that means in practice is that we build a very close bond. They have first-hand access to the development cycle, what is going on at each stage, how they can best provide insights for the team, early testing, you name it. So they get first-hand VIP access to an insider look of the project. And they're also helping us get those insights for what the teams need. If they're end users, what do they really need to see? How can they be involved in testing early on so you don't have throwaway work in the development cycle? So they are very much a collaborative team of champions. And how do you engage them? And another really good question, it has to be in a way that works for 
specific people that um, you're working with. Maybe some people feel more comfortable collaborating through Teams channels. Maybe some people work much better on SharePoint or an email. You can't really define that, of course. You want to stay of email and sometimes of SharePoint as well if you can and maybe move to Teams. But ultimately, you need to adapt in a way that is meaningful. This is the true essence of change management and many other approaches. It's about being adaptive to make sense to whom you're addressing rather than being stuck with a very specific legacy approach that maybe felt right at some point. No, that makes sense. We've done a really good job of covering what it is, why it's important. What does successful change management look like? Like I'm wondering with low code in particular, as it grows and adopts and expands within organizations, is it something that just becomes ingrained within an organization or within a company and um, it just becomes a standard practice? Or is this something that you revisit and you make dynamic and you just you, you continuously evolve the change management process and communications to gauge success as it goes through? Is it a cycle or is it really just put it in motion and watch it go? So I, it again depends on the engagement. Um, if we think generally about change management and how you engage it, unless they're specific in-house practice and depending on the business appetite, you're probably going to be involved at some point towards a delivery cycle. And then at some point, you want to hand off to be a use date. This is not just because of how the project will deliver, but also because one of the best places to be when it comes to change management success is that you hand off to the business, to the users, to get them to that smooth BAU state where they're purely independent. That's success in a very high-level overview. But on the other hand, um, when it comes to, let's say, the citizen development movement, that is very much a moving picture that is growing within the industry. So in that case, you might not follow a traditional approach. You might want to revisit it later on because the industry, the development of the movement itself have shifted. So maybe the business wants to invest in a different way. So if we think about, you know, even Sati himself was saying that based on, you know, IDC predictions, we're going to have about 500 million apps in 2023. That's a lot of apps to be built and probably as many as have been built in the last decades. So to do that, this is a big organizational and cultural change. You can't just say that you're going to go in, do some amazing change management work and then leave them be. They're probably going to need some support with their vision later down the line and just to adjust to this massive change. So then you might actually intervene later on. And to that extent, there's this is where the adaptivity comes from, the fact that you have to look at the, the project and also where the industry is going and think twice about how you're going to approach it and be flexible about whether the future will look different. That is so much to think about, but it makes sense. And it's, it's, you never want to get locked in your ways. I think that's one of the great parts about low code is, you know, being able to build these dynamic apps and you're right. The, the change management style around that has to be just as dynamic and just as adaptable for uh, those that are working with it. So we're coming to a close, but this has been fantastic. So do you have any advice if, if individuals are listening to this and they're saying like, Hey, I want to get more involved in change management. What can I do to raise the topic in our organization? What can I do to champion change management? Or is there somebody in our org that I should look at and uh, you know further conversations? What what advice do you have to those people? So I would say speak to begin with with your program management. Understand what are their goals for addressing the people side of change. How are they going to help? the different impacted communities transition to this new system, this new solution, whatever that may be. 
Because if there is no plan, then there's an opportunity. Even if there's no dedicated change management team, you can all play a part. And this is very important. Even if you look at more uh, formal methodologies, such as the ProSci Institute and their methodology around ATCAR, they have some great research that paint the picture about the importance of change management. And now numbers do speak louder than words. So definitely advise against that. And I, uh, for that. And I would also say, work with your project management team to define what success looks like beyond, let's say, getting access sorted and licenses, but to really define what true adoption and usage means for your project. So really work towards that vision and uh, definitely help towards that true transformational state. That is awesome. It is so much more important to go in with a plan. I really appreciate these, these words of wisdom. This is fantastic. Angeliki, always a pleasure to chat. Really hope to get you back on again. This is fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you so much as well, Sean. 